Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. I'm here to help you find the answers to the most frequently asked questions from my clients about self-directed retirement accounts. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of AdMail. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. And on today's episode, three amazing questions from three super individuals. And the three questions will tackle various self-directed retirement topics. The first on a W-9 in your IRA LLC. Second on Roth conversions and what type of tax you would pay on a conversion. And the third is how do you report contributions on IRS form 5500EZ. So let's just get going. This is going to be a fun one. So buckle up and um, let's get started. The first question is a great one. Okay. And the question is from YouTube. And this person wants to know, I have a single member IRA LLC. How do I complete IRS form W-9? Okay. So W-9 is a form that's used essentially to confirm that you're a U.S. person. Okay, it's there to make sure that there is no what's called backup withholding requirement. Now, backup withholding is generally done if you're a foreign person. Okay, so the idea is that, hey, if you live in Germany and you're investing in the United States and you have no other nexus to the United States, if we don't tax you now on some of the income you've generated from your investment in the U.S., we're never going to see that money ever again, right? Because we have no connection to you. You're somewhere in Germany. How are we going to touch that money? So there's something called backup withholding. It's essentially a 30% tax that will capture the withholding tax at that amount. And will force the taxpayer, the German individual, my example, to go into the United States, file a return and collect any overpayment and tax. So they put the onus on the taxpayer. So Essentially, for retirement accounts, the W-9 is a no-brainer because retirement accounts are U.S. persons. But a couple of wrinkles to think about. If you have an LLC, single-member LLC, so your IRA owns 100% of the LLC, consider a disregarded entity for tax purposes. Okay, So that means you need to think about how you are going to complete the W-9. Now, if you just have an IRA as the owner, it's pretty simple, right? Because the owner, IRA Financial Trust Company, for the benefit of the Adam Bergman IRA, would be the owner of the account, right? So line one name that you would put IRA Financial Trust for the benefit of Adam Bergman IRA. You would in box three, you'd check other, you put IRA. For exempt pay code, you put a one. Exemption from FATCA, you put an A, but it's not really relevant unless you're doing foreign investments. And then for the tax ID number, you would use the tax ID number of the IRA custodian, IRA Financial. You'd use the address of IRA Financial, and then you'd sign it as the IRA owner. Now, if you use a single member LLC, what do you do? So some people say, well, you got to put the LLC. That's the entity. But if you look at the instructions, actually, the real way to do it is you put IRA Financial Trust Company, the owner of that LLC, because it's a disregarded entity for tax purposes, you put that as the owner and you fill it out the same way as you would as if the IRA was the sole owner or the direct owner of that investment, just like I previously did. But if 
fuse and LLC, it's a partnership. So you got 20 partners or two IRAs as the owners of the LLC, which is treated as a partnership for tax purposes. Then you would put the LLC on line one, not the IRA. In box three, you check um, LLC partnership. Okay, or you just check out, you just check partnership. You put exempt payee code one, FATCA A, you put the address of the LLC, not the IRA, and then you the tax ID number of the LLC, not the IRA, and then you'd sign it as the manager of the LLC. So that's the only distinction between an IRA single member LLC and a multiple member IRA LLC when you finish or complete a W-9. Not a big deal. I've actually seen instances where uh, I had a client that was single member IRA LLC investing in a hedge fund and the hedge fund was like, no, you're completing it wrong. It should be the LLC in line one, not the IRA. We went back and forth. They wouldn't accept it. So I told the client, okay, just do what they want. Who cares? It's just for backup withholding. There's no tax ramification. So even though they, I showed them the exact paragraph of the instructions and they just did not believe me. So I just told the client, do whatever you want, but it's not really significant. You just, as long as they're not going to withhold, that's all that matters. Okay. So really good question from YouTube. Thank you very much. The second question is from Helen F of La Jolla, California. So really good question. Helen wants to know if I do a Roth conversion, do I pay ordinary income or capital gains tax? So Roth conversions is when you convert a pre-tax IRA or 401k to Roth. And generally you pay tax on the value of the cash or the fair market value of the asset you're converting. Now, the tax is ordinary income tax. So whatever you make on your 1040, so if you make $100,000 as an employee and you're converting 50,000, you now pay income tax on 150,000. So that tax rate is based off your aggregate and income, W-2, as well as the amount you converted. The Roth conversion is not subject to capital gains tax, but is subject to ordinary income tax. So definitely something to keep in mind. Now, if you have deductions, net operating losses, anything that could reduce the taxable income, any deductions, then that's something you want to take advantage of. Okay. But if you don't, then you want to essentially consider the tax ramifications of doing a Roth conversion because it's ordinary income tax, not capital gains. Capital gains taxes, lower rate of 15 or 20% if you make more than around 500,000 bucks. 20% rate. Most Americans pay about 15% capital gains, whereas ordinary income tax rates vary generally up to 37%. Most people, if you're making a few hundred grand a year, are going to pay a higher income tax rate than a capital gains tax rate. So just something to keep in mind, Helen, if you are doing a Roth conversion, it is ordinary income tax, not capital gains. Yeah, I know it's not great, but the beauty is if you do a conversion, and you're over 59 and a half and the Roth's been open at least five years after the conversion, it's all tax-free. So that's the play of doing a conversion. If you feel like you're going to hit a home run on an investment, doing a Roth conversion has a lot of advantages because all that gains could be tax-free. So long as you're over 59 and a half and the Roth has been open five years since the conversion. So some pretty cool stuff there. Um, but obviously do the math, make sure you can pay the tax on the conversion because you don't want to be in a situation April 15th or if you extend October, well, you should be paying your tax April 15th, even if you extend your return because there's tax and penalties if you don't, but if you can't pay the tax on April 15th, it's not a great situation. So do not convert more than you can um, handle. So thanks for that question. Really good one. 
Third question is from James O of Youngstown, Ohio. James wants to know, where do I report my employee deferrals on profit sharing or profit sharing contributions on form 5500EZ? So 5500EZ is the form you file for your solo 401k only, only if you have assets of more than 250,000 fair market value as of 12, 31 of the prior year. So if you have under 250, don't worry about 5500EZ. Hopefully you will get to the 250 threshold soon, but the W, the 5500EZ is only for taxpayers that have more than 250K in their solo plan as of 1231 of the prior year. So where do you put contributions, participant, employee deferrals, or profit sharing? That's in part three, well, excuse me, part three, yes, line seven, A, B, and C. Part three, line seven, we'll talk about contributions. Okay, 7A is from the employer, that's profit sharing, and 7B is participants, that's the employee deferral. So if it's you and a spouse, that's still a solo 401k, you would aggregate all your participant contributions. So let's say you put in 15 grand and your husband put in 10 grand. That's 25 grand participants. And then the employer contribution, let's say it was 10 each, that's 20, you'd put down a line 7A. Okay, so you aggregate them. You don't have to break it down per participant, but you just have to include that number 7A is profit sharing under employer. 7B is employee deferrals under participants. That's it. Of course, you want to report it on your tax return, especially if it's employee tax deductible contributions. And if you're doing employer contributions, they're always in pre-tax and they will flow if it's an S-Corp or a single member LLC or partnership flow to the members um, or the shareholders in the case of the S-Corp. If it's a C-Corp, then it's a tax deductible contribution to the C-Corp who will report it on the 1120 tax return. So just remember 5500EZ, only if you have more than 250K in your plan, it's due July 31. You can follow an extension. If you're a client of IR Financial, don't worry, we'll help you do it. Um, but remember part three, seven A is employer profit sharing, seven B is participant employee deferral. That's it. So thank you, James, for that great question. And thank you, Helen, James, and um, the individual from YouTube who uh, set in uh, the questions for today's podcast. If you do have questions, don't worry. I'll get to them. I promise I got a big queue. But as I've mentioned in the past, it's a really good question. I will jump the line with it and get you into a podcast earlier. So send them in. You can send it in to info at Financial. Just say ad mail or ask Adam. Um, or you can hit us up on social media, YouTube at IRA Financial Channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want. Um, just send it in um, and look forward to answering these questions. I actually spent a lot of time researching them and making sure I can get you the most succinct and um, obviously correct um, answer in, in the easiest format. So really appreciate the um, participation of everyone. It's a lot of fun doing these podcasts, really love doing them. So Keep the questions coming. Otherwise, um, don't forget to check out my two other podcasts, um, Adam Talks, which drops every Wednesday, and AdBits, which gives you a bit self-directed retirement knowledge each Tuesday. So check them out if you uh, are bored, can't sleep, <laughs> or are actually interested in learning about self-directed retirement topics. Otherwise, have a great rest of your day and talk to everyone again soon. Take care.